Hey everybody, welcome to the guest segment of the Common Sense Show, the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for being with us. We have an exciting show for you in this segment. We have Sarah Westall with us, and you go, oh good, Sarah, we've heard her before. That's right, people have asked me, when are you having Sarah back on? Well, your prayers have been answered. She's here. She's got quite the media presence. Uh, she's a well-educated person, uh, teaches University of Minnesota, and she has a really broad background. It's very impressive. And uh, she's got a very good media presence that we're going to expose for you before we leave today so you can follow her good work. But we're going to talk about a documentary she's done. And we are, I'm saying, she, uh, Sarah and I are both concerned that we're entering an era where we can't trust what we're being exposed to, what's being put into our bodies, what the purpose is. We think, at least I think, and I'll use my term here, the globalists are preparing for the kill shots. And I say multiple. And and I this is getting very, very serious. This is no longer just about control. I think this is about uh, total control and elimination. That's from my perspective. We'll see where Sarah goes with this, with uh, our discussion on her documentary. Sarah, welcome to the show. And these are indeed very grim times. I Yeah, I agree with you. I think the people who are do the research and don't put the blinders on and they look for the true information are all very nervous about what's going on. It's uniform. Yeah, I, I spoke with Steve Quayle on the morning of this interview and... Um, I, I called him to tell him one, two, and three, and Steve started telling me one, two, three, four, and five. So yeah, a lot yeah. of us are getting it. I know Doug Hagman's on this, uh, Bob Griswold, uh, you know, my all my colleagues are on this, and you're certainly on this. So you've done a documentary, and uh, very intriguing, very very uh, provocative. I think this is a good place to start. Why did you do the doc documentary, and then we'll get into what you found. Well, you know, I, I just have so many studies and so much information that's coming out, and I just don't understand why people aren't opening their eyes. So I have a couple more coming up as well, which we can talk about later, that okay. I'm working on and doing the research for, so all the background. But this one I just came out with yesterday. It's called Humanity's Decision. Humanity needs, needs to decide. And... The point of it was is to reach a broader audience than just who we normally reach. I'm hoping people will share it more. And I did it from, uh, it was very apolitical and, and a lot of studies that I backed it up with. And the point of it is to point out that there are reasonable uh, solutions for this virus, you know, this COVID thing. And the, what I pointed out is there are three main reasons why you need a vaccine or three conditions that must exist for a vaccine to be viable and the first one is there can't be any solution that exists that's widely available and affordable and and works well second is there needs to be vaccines that are safe and effective and and then the third one needs to be there needs to be a disease or an illness that warrants a necessary vaccine and so, you know, I, I didn't look at the third issue, although I have in the past with a little mini documentary I did on the CBC data, but I put that aside because I didn't want to deal with that issue. I just wanted to deal with the first two. First, mm -hmm. whether there is a solution for this, this virus, this illness. 
And the thing is, there are two solutions that have been put forward. And if you want, I can talk about both of them. And then I'll talk about the issues that we are finding with these vaccines that are really well documented as well. And the two solutions, there's more than two, but the two that I focus on are, are heavily studied and proven. And the first one was the uh, one with Dr. Bartlett came out last year with it. And it's a um, steroid inhalant used for asthma. And it also has, uh, they, it's a treatment protocol. Is, is there a name for use. it, Sarah? Yeah, it's... Um, is it prednisone? No, I have to look on my website. I okay, have it. I right. don't know why. I can I find that in the documentary. I have links to it everywhere. Yeah, it's it's in the documentary. Um, why it just on the tip of my tongue, so I'm sorry that I don't have the name for it. Um, but it's a it's a common asthma treatment. They use uh, antibiotic and they also use a um, zinc with it. And the thing is, is that he's been censored and he's been banned from all these different shows and things. It's not illegal in the United States. It's it's legal, so you, your doctor can get it. Um, but Oxford came out with a study showing that 90% of the hospitalizations would not have occur occurred in this country if they would have used this treatment. And also, uh, the second one I have, and this one is even more vilified, and this is the chlorine dioxide solution. And I had Dr. Kalker uh, on. And what they do with this one is they make it out to be that it's, you know, it's a, um, an industrial bleach and that you're killing people and all of these things. Well, it's not. And what they did is they went through, uh, it's out of Switzerland. They did a three-stage trial to show, phase three trial to show that this is legit. And they now are being used in 32 countries over 4,000 doctors and over 20,000 people have used it without side effects and great treatment results and it's um now they have over 60,000 different medical professionals nasa doctors all sorts of high level people in a forum learning and and dealing with this but or but the navy used this so they know this is legit the navy used it to treat ebola oh my back like a decade ago yeah, so this is this is the real deal, and um, the the other drug is uh, oh, I can't pronounce it right. It's bud is bud azonide. <laughs> so that's why I don't remember it. I, I always say it's a uh, um, just remember it as Budweiser, right? Because it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Budweiser. This bud's anyway. for you. Um, exactly. Well, so, what so are we learning here that? The establishment is so keeping us away is, from real cures? Yeah, the point is, and that's what my my whole thing was about, is, okay, we have these cures. We have these solutions that are a couple dollars a treatment. If the governments allow us to have it, this stuff would work well. Okay, so we don't need these vaccines. So why are we doing these vaccines? Okay, so then I went and said, okay, what's with these vaccines? What's going on with them? Well, first of all, I looked at the VARS, which is the uh, institute that the government agency that tracks the adverse events coming from vaccines. And what they found is over 25,000 events have been tracked. They claim that only one out of 10 actually makes it to this. But when it comes to deaths, maybe more of those make it to it. But there's been, uh, let me give you the exact number because I have all these exact numbers 
from the VARs, but there's, there's, um, let me see, I have the, I'm going to get you to the, the chart to tell you exactly how many deaths, so I'm not misstating it. Okay, so the number of deaths that they found was uh, 1,265 and 25,000 cases. They believe that this is off by quite a bit, but there's 886 life-threatening. Now, I, what I said in the documentary, this really isn't that big statistically if we're dealing with a, a serious illness, right? So then I went on to look at three different things that are going on with this, with these vaccines, okay? The first one that I talked about is the fact that it can cause infertility. There were doctors that came out, um, two doctors out of Germany, and one was ahead of uh, Pfizer. And they talked about the fact that it could, I did a little mini documentary on this as well, but I didn't, it's a separate thing that I referred to. And then I talked about this study about how it affects the placenta and that they're very concerned because past studies showed that the RNA vaccines have this capability of affecting a woman's placenta and make you permanently infertile. Not to mention the fact that it could increase your immune responses. So they were asking for a, um, an emergency stay action uh, in Europe to stop this, right? So that they wouldn't put these vaccines out. The second one I talked about was the fact that Sloan Kettering came out with uh, Sloan Kettering came out with information that shows that the protein, the protein suppressing, uh, the proteins that suppress cancer, tumor suppressing cancer, are in RNA, not DNA, and that I mean, there's a huge breakthrough. Mm. They made this big deal just a couple weeks ago, right? It's like, well, and then they have this small little disclaimer, but these aren't the cells that are affiliated with these RNA vaccines. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You just make this huge breakthrough. You never even knew that these proteins existed within the RNA. And now you're claiming that you know 100% it has no effect with the RNA vaccines. I mean, we are in our infancy of understanding. If you just realize this, we are in our infancy understanding of what RNA actually does, right? And so what is it going to do from cancer perspective? That's a big deal. And then the third that's even more upsetting and more, uh, it's a bigger deal, is the fact that you can have a risk of prion disease. And there's a lot of evidence showing that RNA um, causes can cause this. And what it is is that it means that three to four years out you can have a situation where you get diabetes or you have some alzheimer's or some kind of other disease um that doesn't it's a late term event from a vaccine that can happen in three to four years out and they're very serious events and that's the other thing that i pointed to so we have all this stuff and you know and then we also have the lancet study with hydroxychloroquine whether you uh, whether whatever you believe on it the lancet did this fake study that and i just point to it like how can you believe these guys when they're censoring the solutions that actually have been proven to work they do a fake study on hydroxychloroquine with like a, a writer for a porn magazine and i mean these guys weren't even scientists and they published it in the lancet and then the mass media used it as the reason to vilify hydroxychloroquine 
And I mean, that's what they've been doing. How do we believe these people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And now we got these vaccines with issues and they're cramming it down our throats without even sharing these solutions. And, you know, I, you know, I have it in the back of my head, the fact that I looked at the CDC information, this was back in last um, March and the CDC last April, it was really last April. And I pulled out all their data, analyzed their data, and it showed that there wasn't a statistical increase in death from the last four years. And, uh, I'm, you know, if you look at the increase of population compared to the increase of death, it was very consistent. There was no increase in death. And then two months later, suddenly there's all these, there's a huge increase. And I looked, I pulled the data down again. They changed the data. Um, from week to week of what the deaths were. This was after 100% of the, uh, they call them districts. Different districts, it's matched to counties and stuff. But the different districts reporting, they changed the data after 100% of the reports were in and upped it considerably to match what they needed for a death rate. I just, uh, above and beyond what our normal death rate is. So now, and I didn't talk about that in the documentary, but that's a little mini documentary I did, and I have a two different um, analysis of that with the actual data from the CDC, and they don't have any historical record of it. They don't, they don't show you that they change the data, they just change it, and then they don't tell people. And so if you don't download the data, you don't know. And so I'm glad I have the original record of it. Well, I am too, because uh, you're catching them in their fraud. But there, there was some confirming information for what you're saying. This is ancillary, but I think it's important. Fauci was being pushed yesterday, and he made statements that weren't directed towards the layman. They were directed towards researchers and medical people who would know people like you and me that know how research works and the mechanics of it. He said, well, with regard to opening up and other issues related to COVID, he said, sometimes we just don't have all the scientific data and we got to go with our gut. And I'm thinking, this is the biggest crock of bull I've ever heard. That is not science. That's sixth grade wishful thinking about what you think you know. I mean, this is ridiculous just, that, that a guy would come on TV as the head of the COVID team and say, we go with our gut. Yeah, and it's I, and all I, ridiculous. And I and want to give what, you one more I mean, thing to react to, Sarah, Just yeah. and I want to dovetail the two together. Back on April 18th of last year, and they doubled down on this in May, the FDA Commissioner Hahn came out and said, we are not going to require, because of the emergency nature of the situation, third-party validation for COVID testing. So in other words, what company would ever go back and retest and say, oh, guess what? We wasted about $10 million in development because we have too many false positives. So we're being given tests that have never been validated. Well, the whole thing is one big, I mean, I, the more you look into it, the fact that the testing was 40, they set it to a cycle of 40 and it needed to be at below 30 in order for it not to give a whole bunch of false positives. Mm -hmm. It's it just, it's there's just evidence after evidence. The other thing I talked about, and I kind of concluded with this documentary, and I, I really hope people watch it and they share it with, People who aren't don't have access to this information. I did it in a way that is factual. I'm trying to reach others who haven't taken the vaccine yet, who need to wake up, who might be open to waking up. They don't know. But at the end, I talk about the lockdowns, the fact that over 100, the UN said this, over 100 million more children will die of starvation. You know, the, the children in poverty already will die of starvation because of these lockdowns. And the, it's the, you know, the supply, the global supply chain and how much it's affected 
tipping the people in poverty. And then, you know, that doesn't even count the increase in suicides and everything else. And then I compared it to Nazi Germany and to Mao and the, the murders they did in um, Russia. And it doesn't even compare. You know, this is the worst human suffering made by decisions of other humans on humanity in all of human history that we have, or at least modern human history. And, you know, we really need to, that's why I call it humanity's decision. I mean, when is it that we're going to make the decision that this is, we need to step up and say, you know, our courage, we need to have the courage to fight for humanity because humanity's being attacked. I mean, we can't allow this. I mean, if you knew about the Bolshevik Revolution or Mao and you could have stopped it and done something and you lived in that time and you knew what was going to happen, wouldn't you have done something to save your entire village or whatever? That's what we're dealing with now. More mass casualties than, and this isn't even counting what this vaccines could do coming up. Well, the one thing that I would I mean, say I, is know. is the communists in the State Department back in the 40s when Mao did his thing, they knew what was coming and they supported it. Mm-hmm. We have, it we've it's, had it's, significant people in our government's history that support communism. Yes. Well, and I don't know if they support communism or if they support the control that The control that comes from communism. I, I would agree. Yeah, okay. That's probably a more accurate way to say it. The other thing yeah, because that... the people who, I was going to say, the people who really truly believe in communism, I think they're snowed into thinking it's the panacea, which is creates equality and this great life for everybody. They don't realize that it's really a control mechanism for a very few people. It's about control and power. It's never worked anywhere for the masses. Mm-hmm. Never. Not one time has it ever no. worked. No. Um, well, okay, it's never so, really been implemented. I'm not gonna, I'm not a pro-communist person, but I know it's a tool used for those that want power. That's true. Um, it's the ultimate in wealth redistribution, and you promise the people everything, and they get nothing, and uh, the, the, the cycle just perpetuates. Uh, and they never learn and the lessons. You, they use their, yeah, and then they use the money of the state and to control you. The money yeah. you had before... Now you have nothing, and then they use it, the people in power, to control everybody. You see, people like Ronald Reagan understood this when he said America is the last bastion of freedom. And people just, oh, yeah, that sounds nice, rah, rah. But in reality, Reagan understood what the score was. So did Trump. They understand yeah, what we're facing. this is very serious. I mean, it's more serious than any of the trivial things that we're talking about. You know, the the, <laughs> the, the squabbles that we have. The, wa- the woke in culture. The it's so ridiculous. Dr. I mean, Seuss? Yeah, you know, yeah know, it's so ridiculous. And we're talking about such trivial things. Well, you know, my documentary is very heavy. It's it's done in a way to reach more people. But this is very this is our number one priority. I mean, what are we doing, people? We're talking about <laughs> the woke culture and, and not being offended by some stupid comment that meant, meant nothing. It's the distraction, Sarah. It's, they're distracting us. It very us. much is. Yeah. It very much is, and that gets back to the other two documentaries that I'm working on, um, which I'm comparing psychological war, psych, psyops, psychological warfare to mind wars, and what that difference is. And I can talk about that if you yeah, want. Yeah, let's do. Let's let's go there. What'd you find? Okay. Yeah, because you know it, it's there was a uh, an article that was written back in 1980 that um, General Valley with. Um, 
Michael, he was a colonel, a Aquino. I don't know if he was a colonel then. He ended up being a colonel. I think he was a colonel then. He might just have been one below that at the time that this article came out in 1980. But it was on uh, mind wars and how it's, it, you know, what is mind wars? It was the beginning of exploring what mind wars were. And then later, Michael Aquino wrote a whole book on it. On This is just within the last five years. He just died last year. But he was a known Satanist. He started the Temple of Set, which is really kind of creepy. And he, he's he been um, accused of, and he's had hundreds, more than 200 different accusers of, of you know, satanic worship and everything else. But he was one of the main points in our military doing psychological warfare and and doing the, the um, research on it. But what the difference is between PSYOPs and mind wars is that PSYOPs is an accessory to a war. Because like in Vietnam War, they use this as an example. In the Vietnam War, they claim we lost that war because we lost the minds and the hearts of the American people. And we no longer wanted to support the effort. And so whereas the Vietnamese won that war and it was all based on the accessory, you know, the uh, mind part of it and getting into the hearts and minds of the people. And then he went on to say, the difference between mind wars and psyops is mind war is the war. It's not an accessory to a war. It is the war. And that I propose, they were proposing to start looking at wars differently and to look at it from the standpoint that the war all occurs in the mind and that we don't have to kill a massive amount of people. We don't have to have this big military. We just win it in the hearts and minds of the people. And we, there are a lot of tools. And in this original article, they talked about psychiatric tools like EMFs and stuff to get people more um, able to accept ideas. And you know, they, they talked about some of the beginning understanding on the EMF. Now, the second thing back they just did five years ago is a full-blown, complete thing of all the different tools that we have, including MK Ultra and you know all the different psychological tools that you can use on a population whatever you have to control them and and that's how you win the war because when you win a war in that method you completely win you don't have to have this huge fight afterwards you completely have them and that's what i think is being waged on the american people would that explain the extreme passivity we see from people where i think the people should be in the streets with pitchforks I think so, because that's why I'm looking at it, because I look at, you know, my documentary on the fact that we have solutions and that the, the vaccines haven't been tested and people are getting really sick and dying, you know, based on the events. And I know a lot of people who've gotten the shot, and my, which I just, it bugs me that they even get it, but the ones who ha do, they said they've had really bad effects from it, right? Uh, one said that it was worse than getting COVID the first time. So, okay, so all these people are talking about but they're just doing it? I mean, they're just, and they're not demanding the treatment? I mean, what's going on? You know what I mean? And, and then if you don't wear a mask, you have these people out there yelling at you and, and force it, even though the CDC just came out with a study showing that it was like one, they admitted it was only one and a half percent more likely to be effective, and that's within the, the standard of error, and so it might not even be, I mean, it's just wearing a mask and not wearing a mask is essentially the same. And they've been able to snow these people with the mass media and yeah i think it really is they've completely not only have they got the passive they've got them to enforce it 
You know, I have an article on the Gestapo had to stop. The article is at a certain point, even the Gestapo had to stop canceling people. Because during World War II, they had children and they had neighbors and everybody else turning people in. And they got to a point where they were like, oh, my God. Even Hitler said, I can't believe how many people are turning people in. It's almost like they get people are have fun doing this. There's a certain percentage of the population of people. I don't know if it's 20% or what that get a thrill out of hurting others and that when they can do this they do it willingly and that's what they noticed during world war ii and they actually had too many people reporting people that they had to shut it down because they couldn't keep up with the reports and they tapped into this they tapped in they know this they've tapped into the human psyche of how to control people and that's what my documentary is it's very science-based. I'm using all the science and all the information, so I'm not making anything up. And it's from the military. It's from the people who are involved in it. And because I don't understand how people can be so passive, how people aren't pushing back on something that is so serious, like you said. And there's evidence all you know with over the last 30 years of them using this in warfare, like the Iraq War, where all the Iraqis suddenly. Uh, um, surrendered, and the CEO of the company, I don't remember the name of the company, they were planting um, terror ideas, you know, that they, that these guys needed to surrender because their safety's at risk and the enemy's right here, and if you don't surrender, you're going to die. That's the feelings and the messages they were planting in the Iraq soldiers' heads. And so that's why they saw a mass surrender happening. And it did save lives, and it helped, because they were going to die and lose anyway. So in that case, it really was a good thing in the sense that it saved lives. But it's when they take this technology and they use it against an innocent group of people for nefarious activities that it becomes a problem. And that's what I think we're seeing. It is amazing um, how people can be manipulated. And it's partly, I, I wrote an article a couple of days ago that detailed how dumbed down we are. Actually, the aggregate IQ of America has dropped two points. Uh, and they've had to readjust the mean. <laughs> and, and, it, and I think this is part of it. I think that well, one of the things we know about social psychology research, Sarah, and this is something I used to teach, is that awareness of the phenomena helps prevent the phenomena. That's just almost common sense. Yes. But we yep. have a real lack of awareness. And our education system now for the last year has made it worse because it stood still. Um, virtual learning is not a homeschooling. It's a joke. And, and we're stagnant yeah, now in terms of a population it. with knowledge base. And, and, and I think this is one of the successful byproducts of this takeover with the lockdowns is you're continuing to dumb down a population that doesn't know what's happening to them. Well, it's creating more of a stratus, you know, a, a, a divide because the wealthy children are still getting the good education in the private schools. Yes. They've been in person. They haven't subjected the children to the same draconian rules where this whole, because they know, they, the people are like, this is bullshit. I'm not gonna have my child be subjected to this. And, and then the public schools are doing what they're doing and these kids are suffering. I mean, suicide, I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's bad. I've done, I have reports on my website from different, different, you know, studies of how bad it is on these children. And the thing is, these children don't even have the risk of them spreading it and getting it is almost zero. 
It's less than the regular flu. Well, so the flu has disappeared you know. here in Maricopa County, where I live. Well, I, the flu has gone I down ninety-three percent from a year ago. And we all know what half. Exactly. Do, right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> now it's just it's COVID. Yeah, it's it's the convenient twenty-four-seven. <laughs> no. You know, we've all had uh, the contact with medical professionals that say, "Yeah, I had a stage four kidney failure, diabetic." who happened to contract COVID in the last three days of his life, and we listed the cause of death as COVID. I mean, that's the kind of not headshot uh, victims, COVID, car accidents, COVID. So, yeah, no, no surprising. The flu rates are really down. It's a George joke. Floyd. I know. If George Floyd wouldn't have died on television the way he did, it would have been COVID because <laughs> he had COVID, even though he died of probably a drug overdose is what we're seeing from the medical examiners. Well, that'll never come out. No, it won't. I'm here, here in Minneapolis, so I'm hearing all the, the stories and the, the real information, and it looks bad. And, yeah, the, the, the officer should not have done that but at all, right? They shouldn't have been on his knee but, or on his neck. But the, the true information is that his lungs were filled with um, fluid and all sorts of – it was from the drugs. He had a – he had. I don't know the exact details, but because I haven't dived into it, like I, I don't want to dive into it because I've heard enough. I've heard Marianne Henning has done the research. I've been hearing it's, it, he had, he was way <laughs> overdosed on drugs and it was keeping him from being able to breathe. And he couldn't breathe while he was in the back seat of the car before he had hit the knee on his neck. But regardless, I don't want to get into that because that's not my. I don't need to get into a politically charged fight. And I, I don't think any every human being should have the dignity of being treated with respect. And every human being is born with basic human rights. And that's, that's something I talked about in the documentary. And I tried really hard to do the whole spectrum of humanity in that to show that it's this isn't about a white person thing. you know. Because I, sometimes I get accused, I always felt like I was in the middle. And because if you cover any of this stuff, you're considered a hard right nut job. And I'm like, gosh, no matter what, even if you're just looking at the facts and you're talking about it. So I did worked really hard to make it a very um, representation of entire humanity, so that this is so it can reach more people. Because this isn't this isn't a political thing. This is not a left right issue. This is an issue of life and death and what's important to humanity and what, what we're going to stand for. No, and I, I want to say this to the uh, listening audience here too. You're hearing an occasion, occasional pulsating static coming into this broadcast. It is not from our end, I guarantee you. And uh, we had something similar happen when I interviewed Deborah Tavares the other day. Only thing is, is there it was clashing dishes, folding papers. Uh, we're doing none of that here. And I just wanted you to know this is just part of the interference that we're getting. In fact, I'll just say this and then we'll move back to the interview. I was uh, attempting to communicate with Vance Davis, my old friend from the NSA, and we sent each other text messages on Zoom to each other that were not arriving. And we were trying to communicate, you know, for the start of an interview. And I mean, we exchanged three text messages. I sent the codes and I thought, well, Vance hasn't responded. He knows what time. So I called him and I said, Vance, you get the codes? No. Here they are, Vance. Dave, they're not here. Vance, send me a text. It's not here, Vance. 
<laughs> and that's what we went through. And so we're having our communications messed with because we're talking about things that are not popular. I just wanted to mention that, Sarah, because we're going through about every two minutes, we're getting about a 10-second pulsation of, cha of chaotic noise. And it doesn't really take away from what you're saying and what I'm saying, but it's, it's distracting. And I just want the audience to know that we have nothing to do with this. Well, it seems it's a common theme that happens when I'm on shows. And people tell me that, and they'll tell me, but this hardly ever happens. And um, I've had shows where it's happened, it's never happened before. I'm like, I don't know. I tend to create that. So um, I, they just don't want pe intelligent people talking about real studies and real things. And I try to, I try really hard to make it as simple and not conspiratorial sounding. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard because some of this stuff is just naturally sounds conspiratorial because I mean, who the heck would do this to people? Who the heck would do it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know why this information is like this. Well, I have my theories. We all have our theories and we're trying to figure it out and learn more about it and why. But at the same point, this is what the data shows. And that's, you can't argue with the data. No, I you agree. Know, if, if data points to weird stuff, it just does. And I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean we put our head in the sand and ignore it. It's too serious. I could not agree with you more on this. Um, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't do this real quick here. We're speaking with uh, Sarah Westall about important topics of the day, mostly about medical fraud that's designed to harm us. This uh, remaining segment of the program is brought to you by MPS. Preparewithdave.com is where you go. The best in-storable food. And let me tell you something. When they want you to eat bugs and when Bill Gates becomes the largest owner of farmland in America, you have to ask yourself, what could go wrong? Well, what could go wrong is you don't have storable food. Go to our homepage, preparewithdave.com. Look at the specials that are there. Look at the benefits that are there, preparewithdave.com. And then one more thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you got assets to protect, don't keep all your money in the bank. And I can't believe how many people I encounter that do that. Well, the good people at Noble Gold can help you reallocate. I went from advertiser to customer. You can, too. So go to noblegoldinvestments.com or call them at 877 846 6347. That's in Noble Gold Investments. Anyway, that takes care of our advertising here. I had to squeeze that in, but we're talking to Sarah uh, Westall about, like I said, the chicanery and the fraud that's become the medical industry. And Sarah, along those lines, I wanted to ask you a question, and I've raised the question and no one's answered it. I know of no illness that it, it has so much research behind it, like COVID allegedly does. But only one treatment is accessible uh, and permissible to be part of a COVID passport. Why isn't ivermectin? Why isn't hydroxychloroquine? Why is there only just the vaccine that counts to the fact that you're protecting your fellow human being in the eyes of the establishment? Well, but that's what the whole point of my little documentary is. We have two, you know, I pointed out two different treatments that went through um, very uh very high quality trials and testing and helping people. And I mean, they just cannot deny that these things work affordable. I mean, they can, they make stuff up and, and do smear campaigns. But if you actually look at the information and the studies, they just can't deny it. And that's why I use those two. 
But, you know, hydroxychloroquine, I got to tell you, there was a Swiss uh, study that shows, or a Swiss, the data from Switzerland, when the Lancet did that, that's why the crimes against humanity, that's the other thing I talked about in the documentary of, are the um, lawsuits for, against crimes against humanity and how important that is. But in Switzerland, when they, the Lancet did that smear on hydroxychloroquine and had that porn writer and these made up people make the, do the study, which is, is very sad that an organization like that would do that. Switzerland pulled it off their treatment list. They couldn't use it, they banned it. Their number of deaths skyrocketed and then it lasted for two weeks and they let them use it again because the doctors started freaking out because that was their their main source. The doctors were using it um, widely then. And then they gave it back to them and then their death rate dropped. It was like a huge spike for the two weeks that they wouldn't allow hydroxychloroquine and then it dropped again. And um, that's a clear indicator of <laughs> you know what that Lancet and what the mass media did and why it's crimes against humanity and how effective hydroxychloroquine worked when you look at the Swiss numbers. But I, the reason I used, didn't use hydroxychloroquine is because the other two treatments, I think, um, are even more effective. I mean, they're even that much more effective. That's why, and they're broader use. Um, and, you know, hydroxychloroquine is very, um, really effective and it's very safe. But these other two, I believe, from the research I was seeing, are even more effective. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's the whole point. Why were they just pushing vaccines when we don't even need a vaccine? We don't need I it. know, you've made the point. They don't meet the preconditions. But even assuming they did, only one kind of treatment, this is absurd. Think of any illness we have. There's not just one form of treatment. It's ridiculous. No. And here's the other thing that bothers me. Okay, and I, when I used to teach research um, at the university level, we used medical modeling because it used to be clean and pure and you could illustrate the concepts easily. And one of the things I became very familiar with was the importance of animal studies. Well, I found out we're the animals because there's been no animal studies. Mm -hmm. And so I asked the question early on, why aren't there contraindications? Because when you watch a big pharma ad on mainstream media, 30 seconds of the commercial is about how wonderful the drug is, and 50% uh, of the rest of the commercial is about all the bad things it can do to you, the contraindications, the black box warnings. Well, why don't these vaccines have any black box warnings? That's because they haven't been properly tested. That's my, that's my judgment. What do you think? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, that's because of the mid-'80s they came out with the, the law that the vaccine companies would not be liable for the damages that they caused. Mm -hmm. And so it was an open door. That's when vaccines just skyrocketed. I'm not anti-vax or anti-any treatment. If something can show, like my three conditions, if something meets those three conditions, I think it'd be stupid to not be supportive of a treatment. You know, I mean, it is what it is. If people are dying in mass and you have a treatment that helps or people are dying and the treatment keeps them from dying, it, uh, by all means. But they have to show it and it has to be real and that's not what's happening well i mean and they've even it's, gone to the extreme as you pointed out with lancet they've committed fraud academic fraud crimes against humanity to justify just the use of one approach exactly and that's what they're doing in mass and that's um that's why it's humanity's decision that's why we have to say okay 
what are we going to accept or not accept? Because to me, this isn't okay. I'm not going to let my children take this. I, I just flat out, I will not let them be a guinea pig for them. And it's not okay because I've looked at this information and I've told my dad, he's like, yeah, but how am I going to get, how am I going to get the, the treatments? And I'm like, make sure your doctor can get it. Yeah, but what if they won't? Well, then get another doctor. That's my opinion. Get another doctor. Make sure your doctor can get you one of those treatments if you get COVID. And if they won't, then get another doctor because the treatments exist and they're out there. And well, I, it's just that. They, I see the doctor's avenues of escape from this being closed. In other words, I think at some point it'll be a criminal act to prescribe hydroxychloroquine or one of the other treatments. I, 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 I think you're right, and that's why the people have to stand up, and that's why if, if the people, it's up to us as a, as a, as a society, as a, as a human family, if we stand up in mass, they back down. The only thing they're scared of is of us grouping together in mass on uh, in unified being unified on an issue. That's thus the mind wars. The point out of the Vietnam War losing the Vietnam War is because in mass people were not for it, and so no matter how much money, no matter how much they want to do it, how much power was behind wanting to continue that war, they had to stop because the people were not for it. If the people can unify and they can come together on issues, they can't, they can't force us. It's with their religion as well. You know that, this religion, that this goofiness that these top people, these very wealthy people follow. But even so, they, they, they'll back down. And even these, these you know, uh, cowards in Congress, they'll back down if they know that people in their districts are not supporting it. They, they're cowards. They're, they're following what their lobbyists and the wealthy people want them to do, the big drug pharmas and everybody else. But if their entire district is saying, hey, I'm not going to do this, I don't want this, then they'll follow that. But the and gap, so the gap in building that. the awareness is the dumbed-down nature of America. I, well, you, you, know, you know, I read a study uh, some time ago about TV and Albert Bandura's study on TV. And we used to have a yes. concentration level of about 20 minutes before you drift off into la-la land. And with TV, it conditioned us to have a concentration span of 12 minutes. And I haven't seen any data, but I'm going to tell you, Sarah, if we reduce the concentration span to 12 minutes because of commercials, what's happened with video games? Well, I, I think there's programming, and this gets back to what I was talking about with mind wars, I think there's programming in a lot of this stuff. I don't know about what video games are programming and not, but programming gets, there's an argument, I've done a lot of research on programming. That was something I did right out of college. I was trying to do this whole, because that's my background, I'm a computer science engineer, that's what I started before I kind of moved on. And um, what if used properly, those things can actually really increase a thinking and your mind and really help people. Problem is when they get completely involved and lose track of where they are. And I mean, they can get so obsessed with it that your brain stops developing properly. And I mean, they've even show brain scans. People's brains don't develop properly. You don't get the human interaction. You can only think in one direction. Uh, it's, 
you got to get back in the nature to recreate those brain connectivity. It's if that's what you're talking about, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. It's yeah. it's mm-hmm. real and it's there. Yeah. And that's the cell phones. I mean, whether you're talking even games, you, you just look at the cell phones. And I think I'm pretty addicted to it because I sit and I, I play my word games and stuff. And I'm, I, I find myself always wanting to be on my phone doing a word game when I'm not working. And that's not healthy. Pull out the driveway without your cell phone in your possession. <laughs> what do people do? Yeah, you're right. You turn the radio on. No, you go back and <laughs> get it. What do you mean? It. I don't know. You could be late for an appointment oh, and people yes. will go back and get it. And that's because we're so addicted. But, but yeah, the and then the, you get in the RF issues too. That has definite effects on cognition. Um, but that wouldn't keep you from being president. I mean, look at today. So, you know, here I'm going to run an idea by you too. This is kind of off the beaten path, but it is about, I, I think, deceit that these people are up to. It was real obvious to me in the Democratic primary that Kamala Harris was the choice of the elite. She had the most money, but unfortunately, her personality was so biting that she couldn't get past 7%, you know, on the votes for the primaries. She got her butt kicked, even though she had the most money. So she drops out, and what do they do? They pick Mr. Dementia, knowing he'll have a short lifespan as president, and they bring her back as the vice president, and she's still their choice. What do you think about that? Well, I think that she's always been their choice. I think it's a business. They pick who they wanted, and mm-hmm. the, they knew the people. Well, this is the dumbed-down people. How in the world could anybody pick a, a dementia, a guy with dementia, just because they fit a stereotype? There are a group of people that that are okay with Biden. There was a lot of people that voted for him, even if it wasn't the majority. I mean, I, we both know the election was fixed, and it was a landslide for Trump, but there still were a lot of people that voted for a guy that was like, I mean, that was Biden, who could barely function, and they really didn't see it. These people are talked about dumbed down, and and now we are seeing it. Uh, I mean, now it's just so obvious. He hasn't had a press conference. He hasn't done the State of the Union. Do you know that the latest State of the Union um, since Roosevelt, I think since the 30s, was uh, February 12th, and that mm-hmm. was done by Obama. And now we got, and they even can with a straight face saying he's so busy fighting COVID. I mean, <laughs> so, it, and, and then, you know, I heard uh, a, a report that when Roosevelt, during the, um, you know, when he did those fireside chats during World War II, he did that once a week. It's like, well, I would think that World War II was a little bit more time consuming than COVID. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he could manage to do them once a week. Well, like we're supposed to believe so, he's involved you know, he's in the just... day-to-day operations of COVID. Give me a break. <laughs> what is he, boxing it up and sending it out to FedEx? Well, that's why I got back into this. I just started thinking about mine more and how this works and how they're actually doing it. Because I, I think this is the strategy. And I think the business wanted Kamala Harris. And I don't even think, I don't even know how much... I mean, all these different leaders, when you listen to them with the Great Reset, there was, I think we talked about this before, where OAN or one of the networks, I believe it was OAN, because I don't think the other networks would have done this. They did a compilation of the different leaders around the world talking about the Great Reset using the same slogans, you know, and it's obvious that they're all part of this, (laughs) they're all placed or they're all in 
not all of them, but the ones, a lot of them are at the direction of what? Because they're all in, they're all using the speaking point, the talking points verbatim. It was like watching a journalist on television, you know, the compilation where you see them reading from the Associated Press or Reuters and they yeah. just read the story and so it's line for line. But these were world leaders doing that. I know. I mean, it's frightening. That's incredible. Um, Fox News trying to get back 40% of the audience they lost did a compilation of that the other day. Um, my wife caught it and freezed it. She said, you come look at this. And it was. It was the same verbiage. You're exactly right. Time after time after time. And God forbid we ever use the word conspiracy to describe it. Sarah, this has been very, very eventful. Um, I think we're going to motivate people to go check out what you've done. So tell people how they can follow you. Well, go to my website, sarahwestall.com. And right now, it is the first thing that you'll see. It's called Humanity's Decision. And I have all the different references that I talked about in that documentary. You can share it with people. If you just share the video, um, then they can go follow up and look at more of the resources. The only reason I say share the video um, with people or forward the link to that show specifically, not to my website, because if they are, um, I don't want them to get bombarded with a lot of things they're maybe not ready for. But this documentary is something that is aimed for everyone um, because it's just very fact, factual based. And I don't think it, it's meant to not scare. It, it'll give new information to those who follow this and get you thinking about it. But it also should wake up other people. I'm hoping that was the goal. of it. Yeah, I, I think it's a but good place I to start. I do. You. The thing that bothers me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, the thing that bothers me the most about what we're dealing with is that people will tell you what's going on today makes no sense. And then I ask them, then why don't you dig deeper? One lady actually told me I might find a conspiracy. Yeah, well, that's I'm why she didn't dig deeper. No, that's a true, that, that's a true response. I, I you. Well, the other thing I want to warn people is my website is being censored. Um, Firefox um, Explorer and... Uh, I believe Chrome, those are the three, are not allowing people to get to my website uniformly. Firefox is like a complete ban on my website. So you need to download DuckDuckGo's web browser or uh -huh, Brady's yep. browser yep. to be able to get, and it's only going to get worse. So I just want to warn people if they try to go to my website and that's what happens, it's because you're being censored yeah, and you need to solve that problem. There's no reason to keep using a browser that's not allowing you to get for, for information that's your human right to, to go see. Exactly. We are flat out of time, Sarah, but this has been very insightful. And I'm going through the same uh, uh, website uh, blocking that you are. People send me the copies of the notes they get. So we're all going in it. That tells me when you're getting flack, you're over the target. And Sarah, on that note, we've got to sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Very informative. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much, Dave. And thank you for everything that you do. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Sarah. You too.